Well, the Lord has done a great work in my life, and I know it's nothing that I could have ever done by myself. And just give me the courage to come up here. And I just pray that he will use whatever I have to say for his glory. And that it might not be anything that I'm doing myself, but all in him. <laughs> and just I'm not the same person as I used to be. And I, I know that he will keep on in this work that he started, that he won't let me fall away. And I'm just going to tell you how that all came about. First, I, I don't ever really remember a time whenever I didn't think I was a Christian. I just kind of always thought I was a Christian. And part of that was because we started going to church whenever I was very young. And the church that we went to believed that if you repeated a prayer, then you were a Christian. And I remember Peyton prayed that prayer, and many of my friends would pray that prayer, but I don't think I ever did. I never even prayed that prayer. I just, when we started coming to church... I just became a Christian. I just became what everybody else was around me because I wanted people to think good of me. I wanted people to be impressed and think I was a good person. And so I always would just morph into whatever was around me. And I, I always wanted to impress people. And so I would always listen in Sunday school class and I would... I gained a lot of knowledge through reading the Bible so that I could answer questions correctly. And all I really cared about was impressing people and making people think that I was a good spiritual Christian person. And my teachers really did. They thought I was wonderful and a perfect person. But I knew that, and I was very prideful in that. And I just I remember thinking, oh, I'm just such a wonderful person. And I had always been like that just even in preschool. In preschool, I remember looking down on all the other preschoolers and thinking how, about how much better I was than they all were. And just, I, if someone came to me and mentioned that maybe I had a fault, I would get very, very angry at them because I thought that I was pretty much perfect. And I would get angry at them, and I would point out like all the things in their life behind their backs and tear them down. And then I would be hateful and bitter against them. And so there wasn't, I never did any of the things that I did for the love of God or because I love Christ and wanted to bring him glory. I did everything because I wanted men to think good of me. And for many, many years I went on like this, just being very prideful in what I was doing. But then we kind of got a little bit distanced from the church when Gracie was little and then mom and dad started listening to Paul Washer messages. And at first, I would listen, and I would just, I'd listen enough just so that I'd have something to say later when mom would say, so what did you think about that message? And I'd just kind of say something to, so that she would think that I was listening and think that it meant something to me. But really, I was bored, and I, I was not happy that we were listening to these. I just thought, man, why do we have to listen to these every night? And... Inside, there was a lot of hatred towards everything and just, why do I have to listen to this? Why do I have to do these things? I, don't, I didn't like to go to church. I did not like to get up on Sunday mornings, but I did it all. And I never really let show that I wasn't happy doing these things because I was very much a faker. And so I just wanted people to think that I was happy doing these things. But after a while, listening to the messages, I, I started kind of listening to them and being interested in them because... 
it was he was preaching something that was different than anything I'd ever heard before. It was that people who said that they were a Christian, that they might not actually be a Christian, that praying a prayer doesn't just magically make you a Christian. And so I thought, well, this this new belief, we're obviously, mom and dad are listening to this, we're obviously trying this new belief and we're going to be this way. And so I thought, well, I better become a Christian his way and make sure that I'm doing things the way that our new belief system is. And so I was listening, and I'm like, well, how do I become a Christian his way? And so I knew he said to repent. And so I'd lay in bed at night, and I would just, I'd try to repent of my sins, and I'd try to cr- squeeze out some tears, and I'd try to confess sins and ask God to come and to save me, but I never really saw my sin. I never really, I, of course I would say, oh yeah, everyone has sin, I'm sinful, but I never really saw it. And even the few sins that I could think of to confess were, I didn't really think they were that bad. I didn't really think I was a bad person. And so for this, this went on for a while where I was just laying in bed trying to repent, trying to become a Christian, because that's just, it seemed like that's just was the next step. That was just what I was supposed to do. And then one night, um, it was the night before mom was going to have a surgery. And I was just praying. I'm like, Lord, have the surgery go well. Don't let anything happen to her. And just... I was praying that she would be kept safe. But then I just I felt this sense of dread that just the Lord was going to have something happen to her in the surgery to get through to me. And I just I said, Lord, don't let anything happen to her. I just take me, do whatever you want with me, just don't let anything happen to her. And after that I felt a sense of joy, but there was never any change in my life and there was never a seeing me as I really was. It was just I wanted, I didn't want anything bad to happen. And so I was willing to do anything to keep bad things from happening, but I never saw reality in my own heart. And I just, I kept on living the way I was, criticizing other people, thinking I was a pretty good person. And I thought, well, now I'm a Christian, Paul Washer's way. And so I didn't have to worry about anything anymore. So I just kept on (laughs) going the way that I was going. And very shortly after that, we started coming to Lake Road, and it was a very big change for me because I had gone from where everyone who says they're a Christian, of course they're a Christian, everyone who prays the prayer, oh, they're a Christian, to that not everybody who professes to be a Christian is a Christian. And that was odd for me because I had always been considered, oh, of course you're a Christian, and you're a very spiritual, good, wonderful Christian. And then I came here, and there was a sense of people, Everybody didn't just say, oh, of course you're a Christian. There, there was just a sense of not quite fitting in into the Christian group, into the Christian club. And I tried. I tried to fit in. I tried to be spiritual, and I tried to talk spiritual, and I tried to behave like everybody else. But there was a sense where I just I couldn't fit in. It was, I knew that I wasn't the same as everybody else. And I just thought, I'm like, well... I, I just don't have anything in common with these people, and I just, nothing clicks, and I just kind of excused it as just, well, I just, I have a hard time making friendships, or just something, something besides, I didn't connect that it was, that I wasn't a Christian, that that's why I wasn't getting along with the other Christians, and that's why I wasn't able to speak of the things of God the same way they did. I just thought it was something else, and so I kind of withdrew from everybody, and I didn't really want to talk to anybody at church, and I would just kind of go off by myself, and I tried to avoid spiritual things because I knew something was wrong. 
but I didn't want anyone to see that something was wrong because I still wanted people to think that I was a good spiritual person. But I still, I still professed to be a Christian even though I was avoiding pretty much everybody at church. And there were so many things in my life, so many sins, and just I had so many idols. I never thought about God and I never thought about Christ and what he did for me. It was just... Oh, yeah, Christ died on the cross. There was never, and I didn't even like to read the crucifixion story. I'd be reading my Bible every day because I knew that was what I was supposed to do. And I'd get to the crucifixion story, and either I'd skip over it, or I'd read it as fast as I could just to get it over with. And I knew in my heart that that wasn't right. But I just, I never really put two and two together that the reason why all these, all these things were in my life was because I wasn't a Christian. And I had so many things in my life that I idolized and I thought about all the time. And I just, I lived in my own little imaginary worlds where I had all the things that I wanted and I was a wonderful person. Everyone thought I was just a wonderful person. Um, I had all these things that I thought about day in and day out. And I nearly never prayed. And it, I would hear people talking about, it's just how dry they felt, and then they prayed, and they felt so much better, and I'm just like, no, it doesn't work for me, but I would never tell anybody that. And there were so many behaviorisms that I had, the way I would talk and the way I would act and the things I would talk about with friends that were just wrong and not a way a Christian should act. But I, I couldn't see that. And I know now that I was a horrible witness for Christ, because I, I was professing to be a Christian and all the lost people around me, I said I was a Christian, yet I was doing things that were obviously not what a Christian would do. And I kind of happily went along this way for a while until I realized all the things I had been idolizing. One day I realized that it wasn't something I was just doing on the side just for entertainment or whatever and just thinking about because, oh, well, I don't have anything else to do. It, was, it had trapped me and I could not escape from these things. And they were taking over my life, and every spare moment was taken thinking about these things. And I knew that I was trapped by them, and I didn't want to be trapped by them, but I realized I couldn't escape. And all these things had me cornered, and I couldn't get out. And so I started thinking about these things, and so I kind of became depressed, and I was just thinking about these things all the time, and I wanted to get free, but knowing I couldn't get free... And, but I, I continued. I didn't call out to the Lord. I just continued. I just kind of excused all thoughts that I might not be a Christian, just pushed them out of my mind. And I just continued on the way I was going. And so one day, Mom caught me doing something that I shouldn't have been doing. And she just kind of confronted me and asked me where my heart was at and where my soul stood with the Lord. And I, I didn't want to open up to her because I had never wanted to open up to anybody because I didn't want people to really see what was inside. And any time, even whenever I, normal emotions that people should feel, like fear and sorrow and hurting inside, I never wanted anybody to see any of that. And so I would always hide it, either under a stone face, or I would become angry, angry at whatever I was afraid of, or whoever was making me do something that I didn't want to do, and angry at whatever had made me sad or whatever had hurt me. And so I was a very angry person. There was very rarely any emotion that I showed that wasn't anger. And I also, I considered tears and crying a weakness. And just I thought everyone who 
like just cried. They were just weak people. And I thought I was a very strong person. And so I made up my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to cry. And so I almost never cried. And when I did cry, it was because I was so mad that I couldn't contain it anymore. And so I would cry angry tears. But I can't even remember a time where I was, I cried tears because I was sad. And so I would even sit here and when people were crying because they were thinking about what the Lord did for them or because the Lord spoke into their heart, I would just think, I'm surrounded by wimps. Can't they toughen up? (laughs) And just, but it was true. I was, I was like disgusted, sitting there disgusted at what I saw around me. And it was so hard for me to open up to people. I never opened up to people. And so when mom came and just kind of confronted me and talked to me, I was mad at her because I didn't like that she had come into my life and had taken things out that she saw and confronted me with them. I didn't like that. I just, I wanted her to back off. I didn't want anybody to see what was actually inside. And so when she did that, I was angry inside, but I didn't show that I was angry on the outside. And I kind of, I started doubting that I was a Christian because it just seemed like, well, I had to earn the Christian place. I had to become better. And I had to become more spiritual in order to have this Christian place. It wasn't that I felt in my heart that there was something lacking and that I couldn't live without Christ. It was just, a, again, gaining in other people's sight, gaining the Christian label. And so I stopped taking communion, but I didn't want that anybody to see that I wasn't taking communion. I didn't want people to know that I... I wasn't a Christian, and I didn't want to talk to anybody. If anybody tried to talk to me, I tried to get away as fast as I could. I did not want to talk about spiritual things. There was a lot of anger in my heart, and I pretty much blamed everybody else for me not being a Christian. And at that time, something that I had been idolizing and that I had been obsessing over and something that had trapped me, it was pretty much taken out of my life. I didn't have control of it anymore. And so there was a sense of relief of not being trapped anymore. And so then I just, I kind of went back into saying I was a Christian and to taking communion again. But, and I tried to be spiritual again and tried to fake again. But then it's just like I couldn't do it. And I just kind of stopped pretending to be spiritual. I still said I was a Christian. But I didn't try to talk about Christ anymore. And I didn't try to impress people with what I knew. I just descended more and more into sin, and I tried to drown out any spiritual things in my heart because I was coming to realize that I wasn't a Christian, even though I was saying I was a Christian, that I wasn't a Christian. And so to drown out these things in my life, the spiritual things, and the people around me saying spiritual things, I just tried to drown myself. I gathered as much worldly knowledge as I could, and I desired worldly things, and any little bit of worldliness that I could, I just took it in, and I tried to drown myself in it. And even though I knew that I couldn't openly rebel, I couldn't openly dive into sin because I was pretending still. I was still saying I was a Christian, so I did it secretly. And just, I created the imaginary world. I lived there, and I, I had websites and anything I could get to, blaring music so I wouldn't have to think. It got to the point where at night I would play music until I was so tired that I was about ready to fall over because I didn't want to have time to think. And whenever I would start thinking about spiritual things, I'd switch it to something. I'd start thinking about an idol I had in my life, something to get rid of all the spiritual influence on my life. But it seemed like I was happy going that way. I didn't really realize that I was drowning things out. And 
I just kept going down, down until one day I realized that this stuff is never going to satisfy. It's never going to make me happy and feel full. And I realized that Christ was the only thing that could satisfy, but I wasn't willing to give up all these worldly things that I knew couldn't satisfy for him. And I, so many things I wasn't willing to surrender. And so I went on like this knowing that someday I would have to say that I wasn't a Christian, but trying to avoid it. And I tried to avoid all spiritual conversations. And I became, I talked 24-7 because I knew if I gave anybody in this building, anybody in my family, a chance to talk about spiritual things, that it would eventually come out that I wasn't a Christian. And so I thought, well, if I talk a lot and keep fill up this space, there won't be time for them to say anything about Christ. And many of you probably noticed that, that I never give anyone a chance to get a word in edgewise. And... But just at night, I would lay in my bed, and I, I knew that I would never be happy unless I came to Christ. And I would try to surrender these things that I knew were blocking my way to Christ, but I didn't really want to. I wanted them still. And I, I knew I would always return to thinking about these things and doing these things. And so I'd lay in bed, and I'm like, Lord, I can't surrender these things. Without your help, you're going to have to do it. But in my heart, I... I didn't really want to surrender them. I still wanted them, and I always knew I would still go back to them. But in a sense, I wanted to become a Christian before I had to say that I wasn't a Christian, because then I could just kind of go on. I would never have to say that I wasn't a Christian. And so in a sense, I knew that I wouldn't become a Christian unless I outright said that I wasn't a Christian, but yet I was still hoping that there was a chance that I (laughs) could become a Christian without saying that I wasn't a Christian. And so... Throughout that time, I still, I was trying to drown myself with worldly things. And even, like, when Peyton would talk to me about spiritual things at night, she would be shaking. She was so scared of me. But, because <laughs> I, I really did, I had a hatred towards her. Because I could see in her life, she had something that I didn't have. And when she would talk about spiritual things, there was such a reality in her life that I knew I didn't have in mine. And I didn't think it was fair that she had something that I didn't. Because I had always thought, well, I had always been the more willing to work and the more willing to, like, the instant obedience. From mom, mom would say something and I would instantly obey. But in my heart, there was not a reality of obeying. I was a rebel in my heart. And it reminded me so much of the parable of the prodigal son because I was always the one, I was the older brother. I always did outwardly what mom said. And she was more of the rebel than I was. And I just thought, wait, she has something I don't have. She, if anyone deserves to be a Christian out of the two of us, it's me. I deserve it. She doesn't deserve it. And just there was such a hatred against her that she got something that I deserved. And so she would try to talk to me, and you could tell. She, I actually, at that point, I had no idea what was going on. And I'm like, isn't shaking a sign of, like, demonic possession or something and so but she would just sit there and tremble but she would still she had the courage to speak out for her savior even though she could feel that I just wanted her to leave and there was just so many things in my life and just seeing I could see everybody else's sin but I couldn't see what was going on in my own life and I became very at home I was very depressed and I nearly never smiled and because I was thinking about these things so much there was so much pain and confusion going on inside that I but I was still trying to hide it and so I just kind of 
I would just stare out the window or I would just go on the computer, but there was never any life. But whenever I was outside of my home in public, I would still try to pretend. So I became very, very hyper and very obnoxious and loud and just trying to be funny all the time because I was hurting so much inside. And I didn't know what to do, but I didn't want anyone to see it. And so I thought, well, I'll cover it up with just a facade of being insane. And <laughs> so mom actually, she took me to the doctor because she thought something was wrong with me. <laughs> and, but I didn't see it at that time because she didn't know. I never opened up to her. She didn't know it was because I was struggling so hard inside. And so there was just nobody knew. No, I don't think, I mean, many of you I know probably saw that something was not right because I could sense, I could feel that people could tell something wasn't right. So I'd become even more, try to be funny all the time, trying to hide it even more, but it, it just gave people more and more of a sign that something was really not right. And I didn't know what to do because I knew people could tell that there was something not right in my heart, but I didn't know how to keep people from seeing it. And so this went on for a long time where I was just trying to hide I think for the past two years it's been like that. We're trying to hide, knowing I wasn't a Christian. And so one day, I didn't see this coming, and I don't think anybody else saw this coming, but Mom was talking to me about spiritual things, and I was just, I was getting nervous, and I started playing with stuff, and I had my hand because I'm like, oh no, because I knew someday it was going to come out that I wasn't a Christian. And spiritual things always made me very, very nervous. And so she was talking to me, and Peyton and Gracie were outside, and so it was just me and her alone. And then it came out, she was talking to me, and somehow it came up where she's like, if someone asked me what your testimony was, I don't think I could give it to them. I don't think I could tell them what it was. And I just, I looked at her and I realized that I couldn't give her a story that I knew wasn't true. And I couldn't just sit there in silence anymore, and I couldn't lie to her, and I just told her that I wasn't a Christian. It just came out into light. And I know, I look back now and I think that's not like me. It had to be a work of God because I would have just continued to hide or gave, given a fake story or something or changed the subject. But I knew it had to be the Lord because I just, I told her, I'm like, I'm, I don't, I'm not a Christian. And we just got talking. Everything that had been hiding in my heart for so long just came out and I just told her everything. And she just asked me, she's like, why aren't you a Christian? What, what's standing between you and God? And I just, I'm like, there's things that I know I have to surrender in order to become a Christian, but I don't want to surrender them. I want to in a sense, but I don't want to at the same time. And I'm just like, people say believing is so easy, but it's not. It's not easy. And I, I didn't know what to do. It, it just seemed, everything seemed so hard. But then just talking to her, everything came out, and she just said, if you really do want to surrender these things, truly, in your heart, if you want to surrender these things, you can't surrender. Write, write them down on a list and pray over them and surrender them. And so I went downstairs, and I wrote many of the things that I wasn't willing to surrender, many of the idols in my life. I wrote them down, and I just started, I prayed over them. And there was just a sense, I realized that I didn't want these things anymore. And I just surrendered them, and I'm like, Lord, take them. I don't want them anymore. Don't, don't ever let me take them back. Take them away. And it was the first time I'd ever had a sense of really surrendering these things. And in a sense, I knew it had to be God enabling me to surrender these things, but there was also in my heart a willingness to surrender them. And just, 
after that, I just prayed, and there was such a sense of peace. Because I had opened up, I wasn't hiding anymore, and I had surrendered these things, and I wasn't holding them anymore. So there was a sense of peace, and that night it was Wednesday, and so we came to the meeting, and I was still, I was confused. I didn't know what had gone on. I knew that I had sur surrendered and that I had this peace, but I didn't really know what to do next. And so I came here, and Dick preached, preached a sermon on feigned obedience, and I just realized that has been where I was for so long, just pretending to be obedient. And he said something along the lines of, I know I can't quote it perfectly, but fear can bring you to your knees, but only love can win the heart. And I realized that God didn't want me to surrender these things because he just didn't want me to have them or he wanted to take them away from me. He wanted me to surrender these things because he loved me and that's what was best for me. And there was just such a sense of, the, for the first time, realizing that God loved me and that even though I was rebelling against him and blatantly sinning and disobeying him. He sent his son to die for me because he loved me. And I was just thinking my attitude towards other people, if anyone even slightly wronged me, I was just like dismissing them and angry at them and tearing them down. And I'm just like, whenever I was sinning and wronging God, he loved me and just how different he was than I was. Yeah. And just there was a reality that Christ died for me. I just couldn't get over that. It was the first time I'd actually seen that he died for me. And I just sat there in the bathroom and thought about it. And then mom came in and she was talking to me. And I, could, I looked into her eyes. And when I had talked to people before and talked to her before, I never made eye contact because I was always hiding something. And I'm enough of a people reader that I know you can see a lot through people's eyes. And so I, I tried to avoid eye contact whenever I would talk to people. My eyes were all over the place except on the person I was talking to because I knew I was hiding something. And even like when I told her I loved her, I never looked into her eyes. And just for the first time that I can even really remember, I could just look into her eyes and just talk to her. And she's like, you realize this is the first time you've looked into my eyes for this long, in a long, long time. And I'm like, I have nothing to hide anymore. And just there was such a sense of peace and not having to hide anything anymore. And my whole outlook on people changed. Everything that I would see in other people, that there was so much hatred towards and anger and criticalness, I could just, there was a sense of taking it captive and just thinking of it from the other person's point of view. And just thinking, I don't need to be angry over this. And the little things that I was just always angry about and it would just, my temper would flare up within me is just to be able to keep it captured and just think about it and think I don't need to be angry about this and just the so many of the things I couldn't surrender and I felt like I, I was always going to return to there was a sense of with Christ's help I could defeat these things I didn't have to be enslaved to these things anymore and looking at myself there was so much a difference in how I viewed myself it, there were so many things that I kind of saw before, but just thought, well, that's not really true of me. Or I can see it in someone else. It's, it's not really true of me. That, but I could see them now. I could see all the things in my heart that I thought, that I, especially the things I had criticized in other people, and the things I had looked at in other people and thought, oh, that's just awful. And I could see them in myself. And just such a sense of seeing everything in new light where nothing was the same as it used to be. And just before, I had always just looked at people and I thought, why can't they see that? Why can't they see that they should be doing this instead of that? But then there was a sense in my own life, I could see for the first time. And, but I didn't want to say I was a Christian because I had been saying that I was a Christian and it wasn't true for so long that I didn't want to 
just say, oh, well, I'm a Christian, because that had been such the way that I was before that I didn't want to do it again. And I wanted to make sure that I was very, very sure that I was a Christian before I said it. And even if it meant not taking communion and telling everybody that I wasn't a Christian, I was okay with it because I knew that I had become open and honest and I didn't want to go back into hiding and pretending anymore. And so a couple days afterwards, we were having a camp out and we stayed up until 4.30 in the morning and then we went and tried to sleep in the tent. And, but it was, it was still dark out, but the birds were singing. And normally I would have been angry at the birds because it's like, <laughs> why, why can't you see that I'm trying to sleep? And you're singing and I'm trying to sleep. And I, all I thought about was myself. And, but this time I was lying there and the birds are singing away. And I was just thinking, it's still dark. And yet they're singing praises to God. And they're singing praises because they know the sun is going to come up. Amen. And I, I was just thinking about that, and I shared it with Mom, and I was just talking to her. And for the first time, there was just openness where I could talk to her. And it just, she just asked me, I, she's like, so do you think you're a Christian? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a Christian. But there was such evidence that something had changed drastically in my life. And she just, she just told me, she's like, being a Christian is just trusting Jesus and loving Jesus and do you trust him and do you love him and I'm like well I don't know maybe I don't maybe I don't trust him and love him and so I wasn't sure what to do and so she had advised me to whenever I was confused just to pick up a hymnal and just to start singing singing to God and so that night I went down in my bedroom and I was just thinking about the birds and thinking can I have can I look to Christ expectantly, even though I don't have any sort of feeling and I don't know what's in my own heart, can I look to him knowing that the sun's going to come up and to be able to sing praises to him knowing the sun's going to come up? And so that night I was just laying there thinking, do I love him and do I trust him? And the passage that I read that night was in John 3, 20 and 21. I read, for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes into the light so that his deeds may be manifested as, as having been wrought in God. And so I was thinking, well, I have come into the light. I'm not hiding anything anymore. And I, I've told mom, and I've come out, and I'm being open and honest. But then I realized that light was capitalized, and it was Christ's light. And then I was thinking about some of the words towards the end of the verse, and I thought, well, those are kind of big words. I'll break it down with the dictionary so that I can understand it better. And so... Then once I broke it down, this is what it read. For everyone who does evil hates Christ's light and does not come into Christ's light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes into Christ's light so that his deeds may be made clear as having been formed in God. And I just, I said, Lord, anything that's been done in my life, that you might make it clear that it's been formed by you. And I just, I want to be a Christian. I want to love you and trust you, but make it clear that this has been of you. And so then I decided to sing a song. And I just, I opened up the hymnal and the first song that I looked at was, My Jesus, I Love Thee. And I just thought, I just read the first verse and it said, My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My precious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. And I just thought, I do love you. I love the Lord. And there was just a sense of, I really do. I love him. And then I, d I decided I hadn't read the crucifixion story. 
since God had done a work in my life. And I thought, well, I want to read it. And so I flipped to it, and I started reading. And I got to the point where Pilate presents Jesus to the crowd, and he says, behold, your king. And they say, we have no king but Caesar. And I thought, either Christ is your king, or the king of this world is your king. There's no middle ground. You're either in the kingdom of evil, or you're in the kingdom of light. There's no... I always had thought I was kind of in this middle ground. I didn't really hate God. I wasn't really evil. I wasn't wanting to do evil things, I thought. But then I realized I had been. But I realized I wasn't in there, in that kingdom anymore. And that I realized that Christ was my master. And it just reminded me of when Jesus was talking, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. And I just thought, Christ is my master. And I thought, I trust him. I really do. I trust him with everything. Whatever he says, I know is going to be the best for me. And so I realized then that I loved him and I trusted him. But there was a sense of I still, I was waiting for some sort of feeling of assurance. Because in many testimonies you hear of people feeling a feeling of joyful or something, some sort of feeling. So I was still looking for that. And I, I read on in Matthew until I got to the story about the centurion and his faith. And I just read it, and when he says, just say the word, and my servant will be healed, I thought, Lord, I want this kind of faith. I want to be able to just to say to you that I believe you, no matter what, that whatever you say, I know it will happen. And so I thought, Lord, I'm going to believe you that even though I don't feel any kind of feeling that of surety that I'm a Christian, that I can believe you that I am a Christian, you have power, that I am a Christian even if I feel nothing, even if I don't feel anything, that you are still God and you are still able to save me. And so then after that, then I felt a feeling of joy after I had surrendered it. There was so much joy, and I just thought, oh, and I just opened the hymnal, I started singing praise songs. And after a couple songs, I realized that it was different, that it wasn't about me anymore. It was about him. And then I knew that I was a Christian. And I just came up in the morning, I'm like, I'm a Christian. And it was just, just to have assurance. But, and, but the first lesson I really learned as a Christian was that it's not about how you feel. Because he's the same no matter how you feel. And so just to look at him and not look at yourself, but to look at him. And so that's what the Lord has done in my life. And... I, and I know that he is able to continue working in me and that he's not going to leave me where I am. And I just pray that even though it might be hard, like coming up here, that I can just trust him that it's the best thing for me. And just anybody that's hiding anything and who's trying to conceal everything inside their hearts, just open up because it, it feels, it seems like at the time, it seems like it's going to be the worst thing in the world that could ever happen is opening up to people. But it's not. It really isn't. Opening up is a world better than staying inside yourself. And just any parents here, they, when you see your kids sitting there stone-faced and acting like they're not hearing anything and doing as I did, as, as soon as the meeting's over, just running away and trying to get as far away from spiritual things as you can, just remember that no one saw. I didn't even see what God was going to do in my life until the day it happened. And just you never know. So don't give up praying for the young people you know who are unconverted and the people who are hiding. Don't give up on them because 
people didn't give up on me. And afterwards, I was talking to people, and it's like, we've been praying for you. And just the sense of God can do. God is powerful. He's not limited by anything, even if people look like nothing's getting through to them. In their heart, there's most people can't just not think about anything. It's not possible. <laughs> and so when they're sitting there listening to sermon after sermon, some of it's got to be going through like it was with me. I acted like nothing was coming through, but it really was, and I was thinking about things. And so just to never give up on the people that you think are the hardest cases and that nothing will ever happen in their life. 